0: As we start to bring our time to a close today i want to just share a few reflections that feel very timely from haggai chapter 2 verse 1 to 9 don't know if you've ever read the book of haggai it's near the end of the old testament um but this is your opportunity because when you see haggai in heaven you do want to at least say that you've read a little bit of his book and um, like the whole irony of this, I knew a few days ago that I was going to be speaking on this passage, which is going to speak to us about how we deal with disappointment and frustration and, and that sense of maybe the best day, days are behind us. And, um, and then the whole reason we're doing this recording today is because on Thursday, after starting to chew that over on Thursday morning, uh, it was a disappointing day because we found out that our awesome Alex has got COVID and so all of our online team who were together last Sunday need to self-isolate until the middle of next week. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing today. And, and not only did that affect online church, but so many things that uh, we had planned with friends and family. And we had a whole bunch of young people coming around for a barbecue. And, and there was I on Thursday morning, waking up thinking, right, I'm going to dig into this message on disappointment. And found myself at the end of Thursday battling with disappointment myself. And I wonder whether that resonates with you. Are you battling with disappointment or fear or worry or anxiety around the future in your own life, in your work, in your family relationships? And even with Zio, maybe there are some people out there today who are feeling maybe the best days are behind us. I know that there are. And so whatever you're feeling, I just hope that these short thoughts from Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 will help all of us. Now, the context of this, the story, is that around 586 BC, that's over two and a half thousand years ago, King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, has basically uh, destroyed Jerusalem, Israel's capital. The the city is razed to the ground, including their beloved holy temple, and he carts off the majority of the people into exile in Babylon. It's not until nearly 50 years later, around 536 BC, that a remnant are allowed to return from Babylon and go back to Jerusalem and start to rebuild the city, starting with the temple. And they do that for about five or six years, but then they just start to lose heart and basically they down tools on the temple and start rebuilding and building new luxurious houses for themselves and they neglect the temple. And so if you look at Haggai chapter one, you see that then God challenges the people who after basically 10 years are doing nothing. And he says to them, look, you're not seeing great blessing. You're not seeing great fruitfulness because you've neglected the temple. You've become self-centered rather than God-centered. You become so worried about your own self that you've neglected to put God first, trust God and then see what God will do. You've neglected the temple as as a symbol of their neglect of God. And so... You'll read in chapter one, it says on the 29th of August, God gives this prophetic word that says, come on, get back to building the house or rebuilding the house, because the temple is gonna get a reboot, just like we feel like is getting a reboot. And a few verses on we read then, just over three weeks later, September the 21st, they restart the rebuilding of the temple and with great enthusiasm, with literally with Zio. But within three weeks, as we're about to read, October 17th, they're starting to feel unsettled. They're wondering if it's worth it. And why is that? Because they're battling with disappointment and fear. They're disappointed because they think this new temple is going to be nowhere near as good as the old temple. They just can't do it as good. It won't be as good. And they're afraid that they're going to run out of resources and that they're just not going to get it done. And so fear and disappointment is stopping them complete the mission that God's got for them. They're thinking the best days are behind us. And as I said, I wonder if any of us can identify with any of those things. And so let me read these first nine verses of Haggai chapter 2 to see how God responds to this. It says, then on October 17th of the same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Yeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people who are in the land. So basically God is saying, tell everyone this, the high priest, the governor, tell the whole city this. And this is what God says. Does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former splendor? How, in comparison, does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that God recognises that what they're building or rebuilding feels like nowhere near as good as what it was formerly. That God recognises and empathises with the disappointment that they're feeling. So God knows if we're battling with grief and disappointment. He doesn't pretend it's not there. He understands us. But then into that realisation, God says this, verse four onwards. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Yeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So don't be afraid, for this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will shake again the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land, I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. And in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of Heaven's armies have spoken so what is god saying why is he saying it and how does it relate to us today briefly let me say three things about what god's saying the first thing he's saying to those people and he's saying to us individually and as we look at a reboot moment in in zeo is Be strong. Did you notice that three times? Be strong, be strong, be strong. It's the Hebrew word that literally means be resolute, be firm, be courageous, be encouraged, be strong. And out of that strength, the second thing he says is get back to work. And again, the Hebrew word work here isn't just kind of any kind of work that's going nowhere. It literally means work that has a sense of mission and purpose, work that you do to accomplish something great. Be strong, God says, because I've called you to do something great, to accomplish something, to achieve something for me and with me. And thirdly, in the midst of that, then he says, verse five, Don't be afraid. Don't let fear and disappointment stop you from all the things that I've commanded you to do and that I partner with you in. God says in the midst of their disappointment and frustration, be strong, get to work, and don't be afraid. And I just wanna prophetically declare that into our soul today, those three words. Be strong, get to the work that God's called you to do, whether it's in Zio or in the world, and don't be afraid. But how can God say that to us? Like, how can he cash that check? Why can we trust God to be able to respond positively to that? And again, God gives three reasons in the verses that we read about why we can, and why we can overcome disappointment and get back to jump into what God's called us to do in this new season. And the first is, he says, because I am with you. Over and over again, he says, I am with you. And throughout the Bible, there are various ways that God describes himself, the names of God. And what's significant in this verse is that he describes himself as Jehovah Sava six times. Jehovah Savah which in the New Living, which is what I read to you, literally means the Lord of Heaven's army. This this name of God, Jehovah being God, Sava, which literally means kind of army or battle. Or, is, this is God saying, I am the God who fights with you, but fights for you. The reason you can be strong and get to work, the reason you can throw yourself into this and not be afraid is because the God who is with you is fighting for you, battling for you, he's in it with you, And you will come through because of him, because of him, not because of you gritting your teeth. Whatever you're facing, you can rely and depend upon the Lord of heaven's armies, the God who fights for you. Because we are all in a battle. God isn't denying that we're in a battle, but he's saying he's with us in the battle and he's fighting for us to come through. Second thing he says, he says that the the glory of the future temple will be better than the glory of the temple in the past, which is totally the opposite of what they thought. They literally thought the best days are behind us, but God was saying, no, greater glory is coming. This new temple actually will be more amazing And the truth is, ultimately, God wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about Jesus and he was talking about us because we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. God ultimately doesn't dwell in buildings. He dwells in people who've had said yes to him. And so so God is saying the future will be better than the past. The greater glory is coming. Glory and peace, he says in verse 8. The glory of the Lord. And so number one, he says, I'm with you and I'm I'm fighting for you. And number two, if you're feeling disappointed, if you're feeling that the, the best days are behind you, if you're grappling with, Grief and sadness, and you think, oh, kind of, that's it. If you're thinking, oh, I, why, isn't, why aren't we going back every week? And why are things going to be different? It's not going to be the same. I, I want to believe that God is prophetically saying over Zeo, we thank God for the past, but there is greater glory, greater peace, greater power, greater strength, greater healing, greater miracles, greater acts of love and kindness and compassion and justice. There is greater works of God. There is a greater glory of God yet to come if we are willing to join God in the battle to see those breakthroughs god is with us the future will be better than the past always with him and thirdly he reminds his people in these verses the reason we can trust that greater things are coming is because god keeps his promises he says "Look, i promised to rescue out of egypt and i did he's the god of promises he promises to provide for us give us all the resources in these verses he says look the silver and gold everything's mine he's not just jehovah savah the god who fights for us but he is jehovah jireh god who provides for us whatever we lack in resources be it finances or energy or whatever God is saying I will keep my promises to be with you to give you what you need the resources that you need to keep on keeping on and I will get you to where you need to be that you will accomplish you will accomplish what I've called you to. Because as Paul writes in one of his epistles, that he who began a good work in you will finish it. He will finish it as we surrender to him. That goes for your life and that goes for Zio. He who began Zio Church will finish what he's planned for Zio Church as we surrender to him. So be encouraged today, church, with these things. Whether you're feeling it for zeal, whether you're feeling it for yourself, whether you're battling with grief and disappointment, be strong, get to work, don't be afraid. And why? Because God is with us, the God who fights for us and provides for us. Because he promises that greater glory is yet to come, both now and all in eternity. And we have a God who always keeps his promises. So let's push on, let's believe it. And so we're gonna close by by singing this song that we know and love, so well what a beautiful name as we do this and I'll come back and pray at the end I just pray that God will lift your spirit lift your soul raise expectations for the greater thing as we do this together so let me close now as we finish our time together and I simply pray for the power and the presence of God to rest upon you I pray that God will lift your spirit and and impute and impart joy and strength and hope and comfort and life and destiny into your very being, that you will know God is for you, he is with you, and he will bring you through as you choose to surrender to him. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, If you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and your saviour, your boss, the leader of your life, and that you want to do that today, let me encourage you to simply pray a prayer that goes like this. Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me so much that you died on a cross paying the price for my sin and then rose from the dead, defeating death itself and offering me forgiveness and eternal life with God. I am sorry for my sinfulness and brokenness and that I walked away from you. Forgive me and now help me to live the rest of my life with your power and presence at work in me, helping me to become more like Jesus every day, healed and whole, good for me and good for the world. I surrender my life to you. That's a good prayer for all of us to pray every day. So God bless you, church. If you've prayed that prayer or if you need some kind of support, be it prayerful support or practical support, please reach out to us at zeochurch.com forward slash to connect. We'd love to support you, help you, cheer you on, encourage you, resource you in any way we can as you seek to embrace the life you were created for, life with God in his great adventure in seeing heaven break out into the world. Let's not allow disappointment and grief and loss get in the way. God is with us. He's for us. And better days, greater days, greater glory is ahead for Zio, for you and for your world. Until next time.